0: what is up wrestling fans welcome to another episode of the smart moment smack talk podcast hot tags of the week edition number 535 if my math is correct you can see it on there if i'm right or wrong uh we are going to break down the current events and rumors and news and gossip and stories that have happened in the world of pro wrestling over the past few days we feel like talking about here as far as the afternoon on friday march uh fourth fourth third Whatever day it is, I don't know. Uh that's the way that things are going. I am your host as always, Tony Mango. Joining me as always are Robert D. E. Felice. Hello everyone. And Callum Wiggins. There is no honor amongst Marks. Uh rings. <laughs> well, we're all con <laughs> now. Of something, you know. <laughs> rings, uh, Sonic. Uh <laughs> yeah, Sonic I am <laughs> uh, wearing a ring. Um, you know. Woo! <laughs> i brag about it. That way. <laughs> Just uh, start pulling some things from like Family Feud or whatever like that. Uh, um, turkey, like <laughs> that guy's answer. <laughs> Thank you, Grandma. Yeah. Good answer, good answer. <laughs> Grandma is one of my favorite ones. I love that show. Um, yeah, so we're not talking about Family Feud today. Uh, I don't know if you want us to do that, pick a poison. But the game plan is to run down some major things that happen in the world of uh, pro wrestling this week, more so than even like normal weeks. It'll be like, okay, one big story a couple of these could have been the main topic for this uh, week. So that's pretty cool that we got some interesting things to talk about. And while we run that down, we want to know what you have to say about these things. So by all means, keep the discussion going by leaving a comment below on YouTube in particular. If you're listening elsewhere, you know, send us a tweet or put something on Facebook or whatever it is that you can get your opinion out there. Just shout it out and, uh, when you we are uh, on the YouTube side of things, at the very least, hit the like button if you want to help us out that way. Share this for anybody who might be interested in checking it out. Uh, there's a little thanks button that helps out on the monetary side of things. Same thing as the Patreon. Same thing as the join button, which gets you access to the members-only content. Same thing as the Patreon, Darkcasts, and pick your poison tier. And you know, even just a dollar a month, great, great uh, means to support. t Public and Redbubble merchandise shops. There you go. That's out of the way. We'll talk about another little plug a little bit later on after that. But uh, most importantly, out of everything, make sure you are subscribed to this YouTube channel and ring that little notification bell, because the next time that we're going to be going live is actually coming up this weekend with the AEW Revolution post-show. We will talk about updates to the card. We are going to talk predictions for NXT Roadblock, which just came out of nowhere. And the two big stories of the week from, you know, I mean everybody is kind of like focusing on the two leaders of pro wrestling, essentially in this kind of capacity. But we also have a couple little other stories to talk about here. So uh, let's let's run down some of those other things. Um, I guess this is maybe the lowest of the main topics that we've got here. WWE has announced that they are renewing their partnership with uh, A&E. And they're going to do not only another season at the very least of biography, but they're also going to do most wanted treasures and something that they're only tentatively calling WWE rivals, which of course is already a series that they just completely abandoned. So they're obviously going to go with a different name there, or they're just going to license that out and say, screw it. We're not going to do that anymore as part of the WWE banner. We're going to do that elsewhere. Just kind of continue that. But I'm surprised about this to an extent. I thought that they probably would have already seen that maybe it wasn't as big of a deal, but maybe A&E just really needs that content in some fashion. And I wanted to look it up. I forgot to do it, but uh, I wanted to see who owns the A&E network. Because um, if it's the Peacock side of things, then that's interesting enough, but I don't think so. I think that it's Disney if I remember correctly. You guys know offhand?
1: Oh, I had thought it was uh, it is disney yes
0: okay at yeah, walt well, actually, disney company no, hearst disney corporation universal so. so a joint venture at the very least so i mean maybe that's a part of the whole thing but um biography was okay i kind of didn't watch all of them just because it's like i've eh, kind of seen a lot of this already most wanted treasures was interesting but it's the same sort of thing as most reality shows wherein you got to kind of take the scripted nature of some of this out of it. And, you know, uh, rivals is, I'm assuming just another documentary. You can only watch so many documentaries before you stop really caring. You guys interested in any of these?
1: Uh, yeah, this was the best content the company produced last year. It was easily way more entertaining than anything on their main product. And yeah, you know, some of these things are a little far-fetched. Like, after a few of the most wanted treasures, it was like, okay, you're looking for these lost treasures, but you know exactly where to find them. It's like,
0: come on. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you can do the whole thing of, oh, man, I don't know if we're going to be able to find that Ric Flair robe that we have the guy on speed dial for.
1: <laughs> right, but I at the very least, biographies were the best content I had seen together to be in a while. So, looking forward to more of that.
2: Yeah, I don't have any interest in watching this stuff. I didn't. I haven't watched any of the Hidden Treasures or Biography episodes. And, well, frankly, it's not for my market. And I'd have to find some way of watching them. Otherwise, like, that I can watch... Because I, I don't have access to, like, Biography or anything like that. So... Or I don't have access to any, should I say. So oh. that's not my sort of channel in the UK, so...
0: Really? There's no, like, um... I don't know, like a backpedaling kind of backpedaling is not a word. Like um back channel kind of thing where it's like the like sky sports kind of is like a package deal or something. Well,
2: it might maybe, but I'm not gonna go out my go way. Out, yeah. No,
0: <laughs> it, like
1: there would be it would have to be on a completely different network. And you know, I, I get that. And honestly, for someone like you, you're not going to be like, Oh man, I've learned so much here about right john michaels it's just like for me it was fun to watch while i was you know eating dinner this is like, background so, noise yeah so I, I don't mind that as much as you know some of the other things the company does
0: most wanted treasures i watched but again it was still kind of background noise because it was like i'm just kind of curious to see what they go for you know if they go like well we got to get this type of urn then i'm like okay yeah the urn makes sense but then with some other people it was like we need Dory funks boots from this one match with what, and I'm like, I have no idea what the fuck this is. I am curious though, if, uh, they're going to do a whole like new host kind of thing, because no, uh, AJ Francis, you know, top dollar said that he was signed on for multiple seasons.
1: Yes. I and think he is like, I would, to-
0: I would think that they would want to get somebody new. Cause why would like, why would he want to be a part of it outside of just getting a paid gig? And why would they want him to be a part of it and just kind of be like. I don't like...
1: fucking care. Because hey, it's not pal. like he was
0: anything, you know, dynamic enough that they couldn't possibly replace him with somebody, you
1: know. But it's literally, hey pal, it's just business. Like, you want to come back and host? They've done stuff like that before. I-, I don't think it's that big of a deal.
0: I'm expecting more than likely he's going to return. Cause it's not like he's, you know, part of AEW right now or something at the very least when we're talking about this right now, but, um, that in and of itself is pretty interesting. Cause it's like, Hey, on first season of most wanted treasures, we've got young, aspiring superstar from NXT, AJ Francis. And then by the time you see season two, it's like, Hey, remember top Doll? and Nope. 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 <laughs> Things change pretty fast. Uh, that's a story though Uh, another kind of smaller story here and this is not at all the big Tony Khan story but it is something that deals with Tony Khan Chavo Guerrero uh, he had a little bit of a thing on Twitter he was talking about he said uh, that Tony Khan had told him that his job would be waiting for him after filming Young Rock season 2 and then when somebody pointed out that he was removed from the AEW roster page he was just like well what the fuck kind of thing you think that there's anything to this, or is it just one of those miscommunications?
1: Uh, no, and, like, literally, I checked maybe a week ago. I think I might have been with you, Tony. We were looking at the roster, and we were joking, like, why is Chavo here? So, Like, that's a new removal. Maybe it's just one of those things because they've also removed Cody. Maybe they just felt like, hey, since we're getting rid of Cody, let's, you know, get rid of Chavo while we're at it. I'm sure if they want to have him back, they'll have him back. It's no big deal.
0: I didn't even know if he was actually like a in full like employee, like if he had actually signed, because he hadn't been there that
1: long, right? He wasn't. I don't think they ever gave him the graphic, but he was on the roster page. Hmm. Mm. I thought yeah, he was bet, like
0: four weeks or something at most. I was like, maybe they just paid him on a per ba- uh, deal kind of basis thing.
2: I'd say it's a massive deal either way. Like, it's one of those things where either Chavo is like a little bit perturbed about it, but I think it it wouldn't be anything to say, like, oh, fuck, I'm never going back to AEW now, Mm. they took me off the roster page. (laughs) Or it's just something where someone just pointed out something that he already knew, and he's going, oh, my God, I can't believe they took me off the roster page, and he's just, like, milking it a little bit. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's certainly not something that's going to, I would assume, blow up into some big thing. It's just, you know, earlier in the week, that was one of those like, oh, look, that's the hot tags kind of deal, you know, then more important things have happened since then. And of course, uh, that's really kind of the bulk of what we're going to be doing here. Um, Before we get into that, though, I do want to talk about one more uh, topic that I think is. Not the biggest deal in the world, but it's something interesting, which is that Roadblock is returning. They are taking that and they're, you know, reappropriating that as part of the NXT special event sort of deals with the TV shows. And we saw it was what, 2018, I think is what it was. Roadblock at the beginning of the year, around like that fast lane kind of range. And then there was, at the end of the year in December, Roadblock ended the line, and then they just never did it again. And I was always curious why they did two in that one year and then never again. But it's back. It's got pretty much the exact same logo. And out of nowhere, it's just on NXT. Oh, yeah. And by the way, those matches that are happening next week, we're calling that Roadblock. I like it. Roadblock being on the way to WrestleMania, the road to WrestleMania, is exactly where it should be. And since it's not a big deal of a pay-per-view, it's not like you're taking something like, you know, the uh, SummerSlam and trying to be like, ah, it's just a TV special. Roadblock's the perfect name to use for this kind of a thing. And just the fact that they're calling it Roadblock means next week's episode of NXT is a bigger deal. At least in my mind. NXT
1: 2.0, as close as it gets, Roadblock. Yeah, I, I mean, they've got a lot going on in that NXT 2.0 2.0 right now and so much of it for me feels like they're just throwing shit at the wall and this is one of those things that I don't mind as much you know it is going to be a great main event Ziggler, Champa, and Breaker and it should be a lot of fun you
0: guys have any predictions?
1: I think Ziggler should well actually no I think Breaker's still too new if Breaker had a few more defenses under his belt I would say Put the belt on Ziggler and let him be in and around NXT. It's not like it matters anymore, and it's not like he's gonna do anything anywhere else anymore. But Breaker probably wins. I think that what are they doing? A last man standing match with Waller and LA Knight. And Waller they're also doing
0: uh, Creed Brothers against Imperium for the tag titles.
1: Yeah, I'd put that on the Creed Brothers.
0: Same here. Yeah. I'm yeah. hoping Creed yeah, I- Brothers win. I'm hoping Breaker retains, but that Ziggler can. Do something interesting and stick around here. And I mean the, the Waller and Knight thing, last man standing. It's flip a coin.
2: Yeah, I'd say Creed Brothers to win the tag titles. Have LA Knight win the last man standing match because I think he's pretty much lost every one on one match he's had with Waller so far, anyway. And yeah, I'd say Breaker retained by pinning Chumper, and then you do the Ziggler match at Stand and Lover.
1: I like it.
0: Uh, the Stand and Deliver thing, they put out that graphic, didn't they? I know yeah, it was exactly. that the thing that you had just said, ew?
1: <laughs> yeah, I said this is ugly. Like it, For some reason, look, if you didn't like the black and gold, if it was too grungy, too heavy metal, i get it. But like their answer for that has literally been, throw the rainbow at every graphic we do for this brand now. Yeah, that and paint splatter just, thing. It's just kind of ugly, and... I feel weird about the NXT stand and deliver thing. But again, nobody cares about this sort of thing. It's just something I looked at and went, eh. I like the idea that uh, Carmelo's going to be in a ladder match. Ladder matches are fun. You know?
0: And we don't know who he's going to face yet, right? If I'm remembering correctly. No.
1: And I'm guessing they're going to try to recreate the first North American ladder match and have it be a bunch of people.
0: I'm down for that. It was fun so that's of course in the pipeline we're going to get around to that a little bit later on but we also have to talk about some updates to the aew revolution card if we're talking pay-per-views because now since we've done the predictions like the full predictions thing that we normally do we uh, know the final tag team that's in the three-way for the tag titles we know who's going to be relatively speaking it's one of the two options it's going to be the last person in the face of the revolution ladder match and we also know not only the match that they would add for the buy-in, but holy shit, we were talking about how it didn't seem like they needed to add any more matches, and they added two. So <laughs> we, uh, we have some more adjustments to this to talk about, and um, you know maybe our opinions had changed here and there. I forget exactly what my predictions were, but my current predictions probably changed a little bit. I'm leaning a little bit more towards CM Punk winning now instead of MJF. If I said that before, I don't remember for sure. Um, I think that I had said maybe Brian Danielson winning, but if that's not the case, I'm still leaning more towards Brian Danielson. Now that we know that the last tag team is Young Bucks, it's Bucks versus Jurassic Express versus Red Dragon, what are you guys thinking? Is it going to be Jurassic Express retaining, or do you have any other kind of differences?
1: I'd imagine it's going to be Jurassic Express, and it's they can't get along, they being the uh, Red Dragon and the Bucks. So they end up taking each other out. I just don't like that the champions are the oversight here. But that's okay. You know, that's going to happen sometimes. And either team that wins, I'd be okay with, you know? So that's one of those fun situations.
2: Yeah, I was, I was always back in Jurassic Express because I thought the Bucks would most likely team to be added to it. And now the Bucks have been definitely added. So yeah, Jurassic Express retained
0: the final person on the face of the revolution ladder match is either going to be Christian cage or Ethan page. So like the cage and cage and page and page and (laughs) Adam and Adam. We
1: got cage and page on rampage.
0: Cage and page on rampage and not cage. (laughs) They really should like, why not just do it? Just have Christian cage, Brian cage, Ethan page, Adam page, Adam Cole in a cage. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then hope Paige. that somebody... You know what? Best referee case scenario? Dime, you know oh my god, even better. And then uh, Paige can be the special guest ring announcer and she could just be like, Paige here! <laughs> you
1: know? No, you get DDP to be the referee because he's Diamond Dallas Page.
0: But then uh, the best thing to do on top of that is the only person on commentary is Taz. We got <laughs> so Paige here! Be, Paige, Paige! And Paige, cage, 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 Page. It's going to um so that kind of kills a little bit of that whole momentum of like oh man is somebody like swerve's going to come in or is it going to be like um, we didn't really think it was necessarily going to be cesaro but like you know i guess that kind of takes that out of the equation that it wouldn't be somebody like that they still could pop up on the pay-per-view you could have like for all we know uh claudio attacks cm punk or something i don't know but it doesn't seem like it's going to happen for the face of revolution ladder match we don't know actually what's happening on Rampage for the first time in a long while because this one's not one that was pre recorded. So we can't tell you if it's Cage or Page. I'm hoping that it's Page because it just makes a little bit more sense to me that Scorpio Sky won and Ethan Page's in this one, that kind of deal. But if it's Christian, I mean, Christian's awesome. So, you know, I'm cool so with dumb, that.
1: But I would love to see Christian in a ladder match. Like, I don't want to get hurt, but I also, it's Christian, it's a ladder match. Yes, please. You know? So I'm hoping he wins.
0: Who is your current pick without, of course, knowing necessarily Cage or Page, you know, if that is a factor at all. I'm going Wardlow with this. Um, Now we've gotten the mystery person out of the mix. I'm like, all right, well, it's Wardlow.
1: Well, they also threw in this wrinkle of, hey, listen, big man, I got good news for you. I'll let you keep the belt. Mm Mm-hmm. Not like you're going to win because you never do, which, you know, that's a lot of fun. I, I still think it should be Wardlow, but they threw in that option of, hey, maybe it's not.
2: Yeah, I think it's likely to be Wardlow, of course. My my prediction would change slightly if, depending on who's going to win the TNT Championship on Rampage. Like if, if Guevara retains, then yeah, I still would go Wardlow. Andrade winning would change things up maybe a little bit. But we'll have to wait and see what the result of that match ends up being.
0: True. But, I didn't even think about that. I don't know why that completely went out of my brain. They could just definitely. have Andrade win the title, and then it suddenly it becomes, okay, somebody like a Keith Lee makes a lot more sense to just be able yeah. to uh, face him.
2: Well, realistically, on uh, Wardlow makes sense regardless of who the champion is because True. even though he's aligned with a Hill group, he's being he's treated like a babyface. So maybe it would even make more sense for if Andrade was to win for it to be Wardlow. But, yeah, I'd still go with Wardlow's the choice. I think even though that's a cool little wrinkle they put in with the MJF thing, I think that's just another example of MJF um, not so much being disingenuous, but the reason why he's giving Wardlow that opportunity is because he doesn't think Wardlow's going to win. Mm-hmm. And then if Wardlow does win and then does win the title, then I'm just going to say, hey, actually, guy, that, that belt belongs to me.
0: Right, and just then, yeah, like, be a total asshole and yeah. be like, you know, ah, second thought... <laughs> You know,
2: you know it would be that would be the perfect way of doing it. Is just like he says, okay, Wardlow does keep the title, and he does go along with it. It's like, hey, you're the champion, and then the next week on Dynamite, he says, hey, I've booked you a match against me. Now lay down.
0: Yeah, that'd yeah. be cool. Because he does always reiterate, you work for me. Mm. So it would be the type of thing where he could potentially book that kind of a match or something. Yeah, I like that idea. And now we know the buy in matches. Chris Statlander versus Layla Hirsch and Hook versus QT Marshall, which I think Rob had said as a suggestion. Like, that, uh, yeah. Just throw Hook and QT Marshall in there. Yeah, uh, I, We all are, of course, going Hook at the very least.
1: Oh, Not yeah, you, you gotta send Hook. I mean, the That's world what
0: it. <laughs> uh, with Statlander and Hirsch, though,
1: I think that could go either way
0: because I could see Statlander winning and then getting a little bit of a push towards Jade Cargill.
1: That's such a weird story. And that, like, Layla Hirsch is obviously the villain, right? Statlander going out of her way to be like, yeah, and your parents didn't want you. <laughs> Yeah. Like, what? What's happening here?
0: Like, no wonder uh, you were adopted. And it's like,
1: yeah, fuck her.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> mm. uh, but it should be a really fun match. I'm going to say Hirsch. I think Hirsch needs to win.
2: Yeah, my... My current inclination is to lean towards Hirsch at the moment just because she seems to be... They're trying to cement the heel roll around her, so giving her a big win over Statlander would help cement that a bit, and I think it's a feud that probably could extend to a couple more matches, or at least one more match on a Dynamite or Rampage or something like that with some sort of, like... Mission
1: no DQ, Yeah, or submission
2: or match, yeah, no DQ uh, stipulation, something along those lines. But yeah i think i think herschel win the, at least the first time
0: they face all right so that stuff out of the way we've got two major major things to talk about and then we'll try to you know run things around with like some tv talk for uh, uh, for the rest of the tv stuff if there's anything else we want to round things out with with that but before we get into the I guess either the Tony Khan or the Vince McMahon stuff. Just a quick word from our sponsors for this episode, which is manscaped. You guys know them well by now, but in case you didn't know on top of all the different products that we've told you about in the past, they actually do have some new products that they are going to be premiering soon in something that's called, let me get this up on my screen and get this correct in a way that I don't screw it up. The uh, ultra premium collection It's got a bunch of different things that some of them actually we have talked about in the past, the body wash and the body spray, uh, shampoo, conditioner, lip balm and deodorant. We are going to be trying some of those things out pretty soon. I know that my order is already placed, so I am eagerly waiting uh, Caroline's reaction to this at the very least for that. Uh, But this is a product that, you know, I think that we're probably going to just be giving you the same recommendations for everything that we've been trying for them. It's been awesome. So Same as we always do here. If you use the promo code SMARC, you get 20% off and free shipping on your order. And that applies to everything on the site, not just this ultra premium collection. Maybe we'll do like a little video, Caroline and I, or something. I don't know how uh, risque we want to get when it comes to YouTube and those things, but you know, um, something to look forward to in a week or so. And in the meantime, if you want to check out anything else they have on their site, like the Shears 2.0 package or obviously the uh weed whacker and the lawnmower stuff that we can't give enough thumbs up for i only have two thumbs but i'll give you a two thumbs up on that and uh if you use the promo code for everything you're gonna save some money there so take advantage of that while you can and uh tell us what you think you know drop your comments below on what the uh, manscape stuff that you're trying out is and you know, what your recommendations are and everything else like that. So thank you to anybody who does pick up anything like that. Thank you to Manscaped for sponsoring us and stay tuned for Caroline's reaction to those things. <laughs> um, so uh, let's, let's get into it. Which one do you guys want to go into first? Tony Khan or Vince McMahon? Vince. Okay. Yeah. So Vince McMahon he goes on the pat mcafee show we knew that this was going to be a thing this was uh advertised in advance as pretty much just vince mcmahon's going to be on the pat mcafee show and that austin theory was suggesting that hey what if he tries to attack you or something maybe i should be there i think that we were all not just necessarily the three of us but most people in this bubble we were all going okay they're gonna get into an argument It's going to be an angle. And then maybe Austin Theory is going to start fighting with Pat McAfee. And we're going to get some kind of fucking, you know, the Gaga with this kind of stuff. Not at all what we got. (laughs) And thankfully the case, because this was so fucking much better than anything like that. That would have been an interesting enough story as it is. It wouldn't have been something that we would have raved about or anything. We would have probably just kept it not even as a part of the hot tags. It would have just been like, well, we'll talk about this when we get around the mania. But instead, Vince McMahon does a legit interview. It's straightforward. It's seemingly honest and open. He talks about a lot of things that I would have wanted to ask the questions for. Of course, not exactly 100%, but he tells some jokes. He gives insight to a lot of things. I wrote a bunch of notes down. Of course, people like on Rob's side of the things, so you're making news posts out of almost everything that Ben says because it's like, okay, that's his perspective on this and on that. and um,
1: Literally, Jeremy Lambert transcribed the whole thing, and I know that at least five articles have gone up on him.
0: I mean, I've got about 13 notes that I wrote down that could have been specific articles even, so... There's a lot to unpack here, and I'm sure that there's, even just on my notes, I'm forgetting things as well, but uh, some of the notes that I've got here, and each one of these we can break down in whatever capacity we want to, I thought it was interesting that Pat McAfee just casually throws out there, oh, the Comcast deal that almost happened, they wanted creative control, but you didn't want to give it up, and I'm like, okay, we got more information about that, so... I, I don't know I mean I keep saying I think that WWE wants to sell it seems like they kind of from my perspective they want to sell but only in a capacity where they keep full creative control
1: well that, it sounds like that was his like that was pre-network even that like when they were thinking about doing a network they were offered something by Comcast and they just said yeah, that doesn't work for us. We'll do it ourselves. And then I guess they ended up in bed with Comcast anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's interesting. And that was uh, one of the many things that was just sort of casually thrown out. Like, yeah, you, know, you hear this every day kind of thing. But As Calum, if it's nothing. Yeah. It? Like, because I didn't get your take on any of this. I didn't listen to it. I see.
0: You didn't do Vince McMahon <laughs> anything at all. Uh, so this is going to be... We're going to be hitting you with some information here and there. <laughs> oh, I know, I know the information from it. So okay, I you just you read the articles. I, just,
2: I don't like listening to interviews. Because no. I think it's like this weird... Um, because w- for the work that I do is like in the marketing world, blah, 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 blah I don't like talking about it, all that other stuff, don't le- don't learn about me, my life is not important. <laughs> that's, that's, that's just my internal monologue going on. Um, but <laughs> I have to interview clients for articles and information and stuff like that. So I know how difficult it can be on the interview side so i kind of find a lot of interviews now pretty cringy especially ah. ju- especially if like not maybe not so much this one from what you're telling me it's like he was pretty forthcoming with information so and it seemed like pat was enjoying himself so that's fine but i know it's like being on the side of it one side of an interview when the other person is just like not giving you information that you mm-hmm. want to hear or something on the line you just go like uh, it's almost like it brings up flashbacks to me, almost to some like bad interviews I've had to do with people over the past. Oh, I totally. Oh, agree. don't get me
1: wrong. Like, I I told Tony before this, I was like very worried that he's not gonna say anything. But just because he's Vince, and he says something, it's gonna be blown out of proportion. Thankfully, he actually gave us two hours worth of a lot.
2: You know. Well, well didn't he? Um. One of the things I did know, Dad, the funny thing was that he uh, arrived twenty-three minutes late.
1: Oh my god! And he had like the best follow-up to that. He's like, "Yeah, I was late, but I'm not gonna apologize to be late. And you should never apologize for being late because nobody gives a fuck about why you're late." He also said, "If you're
0: gonna be late, uh, at least when you arrive, arrive looking good. Because if you're better, uh, best you can. Yeah, then like that's a double negative."
1: It's weird. He gave us so much insight to how his weird brain works, even admitting, yeah, I probably have a bunch of uh, learning disabilities that just, you know, weren't diagnosed because it was the way it was back then.
0: He also like, admitted, you wouldn't want my brain.
1: <laughs> which Pat actually fired back, hey, you wouldn't want my brain, but I don't even know why I brought that up because that's a whole thing. <laughs> well, I,
2: I imagine that's because it's obviously very rare that you get like an actual insight into Vince and I guess this is a different environment because he's not exactly being, he's given a, like Pat is asking questions and it's not going super. He, he's he's talking at him as like, he's just someone sitting at a bar with him or something like that. And just like chatting, chatting it up with him more than that, rather than, you know, I assume most interview situations Vince has been, he's usually been grilled about something. Something along the lines of, mm-hmm. hey, all these wrestlers are dying very young. What do you have to say about that type of thing? And like he's got pre prepared answers in his mind that he's going to dodge and weave and do everything he possibly can do. In this situation, it's a bit more, he could probably afford to be a bit looser about things. it's just like, oh, yeah, let's just go about it. And we've seen like what he's like, not seen, but at least from mine and ross perspective, we've read what he can kind of come up with when he feels in a bit more of a less pressured environment.
1: Yeah, he was very much not pressured here. He talked openly about... They did bring up releases, and he was like, hey, look, I actually think that when we went public, it was a lot easier for me, because now I personally don't have to feel like I'm responsible for, you know, this person's livelihood, when I might know that uh, times are rough at home, and maybe they got a family member with cancer... When you have stockholders to answer to, they take the pressure off because now it's just, yeah, I have to do this for them.
0: And it's like, that's the type of thing that, I mean, this goes for everything in life that I hate that it always has to be clarified, but people forget that there's gray areas. Things are not black and white. There are many black and white issues that are like, you know, it's bad to kill people kind of thing. But then it's like, ah, what about self-defense? You know, like there's always some kind of a gray area with everything. Admittedly, when you hear a situation like that, it's like, okay, yeah, I get it. As a businessman, I fully understand having that kind of philosophy of like, okay, I'm going to separate my heart from my brain. And you're doing that kind of a thing, but then as a person, it becomes, yeah. But all you've really admitted is, I can be Scrooge and not have a heart, <laughs> you know, because he referred to it as he said, you know, if you have dead weight around you, and it's like somebody had tweeted it. I don't know who it was. I don't even think it was like you know somebody. Somebody was just like you know one of the random tweets that I should write or something. But it was like. Imagine being one of those wrestlers that got fired and Vince calls you dead weight. So it's like, not only were you not necessarily good enough to keep your, your spot in the company where the company is just like, we're just doing kind of whatever random shit. So it's not like we have a streamlined approach and we're doing this and it just doesn't fit kind of thing, but that you're also just referred to as dead weight. Like you just didn't fucking matter, pal. That's a- like that sucks, you know. For somebody like a a Bray yeah, Wyatt, not- it might not matter as much because then it could be like, okay, well, we were arguing about my creative direction, and then that led in that direction. But for somebody that's more like, oh, I'm a kid that's getting started, and like a Kurt Stallion, for instance, or something. I don't know. Where it's just like, oh man, I finally got my spot, and like four months later, they're like, yeah, you're fucking dead weight already. Like, God, that's got to be crushing.
1: Well, what's more crushing, saying, hey, we can't use you here, go somewhere else, or hey, we're just going to hold you. I kind of, I think I prefer this approach now as opposed to what they did for over a decade, which was hoard everybody possible and just keep them stagnant. You know, look at Matt Cardona. He didn't do a lot in WWE at the end of the day, but he's doing a hell of a lot now. I think no. it's more
0: so it, it, like in my mind, at the very least, people would disagree that you know, different philosophies. I'd rather somebody tell me that they want to keep me, even if they don't have an idea for me, and then let it be my decision to say that it's not worthy enough and that I want to leave than to be told you're not good enough for us to even try to keep and put that effort into. So we're just going to let you go and you need to go figure it out. You know, like that's uh, my personal I understand personal that opinion.
1: philosophy from, you know, from that perspective when you're like, I'd rather quit than be fired. Yeah. Sure. But at the end of the day, they also have decisions they need to make as well. And I think that that was one of the things that shone through where he was just like, yeah, because if it was up to me, because we've seen this, you know, Pat Patterson around forever. All these people in the old days of WWE were with the company for decades (sighs) they had a personal relationship with him and in this case now it's like you don't have that benefit but also he doesn't have that weight you know
0: and also i mean let's be perfectly honest it's the same as what it is with everything if you've got a connection with somebody you're going to be willing to put that effort into it anyway if it's just another one of the boys and it's just uh, i never even met that fucking kid and we could just get rid of them then he's not going to look at him the same way as trying to keep around somebody who he's personally connected to. It's any other job, any other kind of, you know, so I like, ah, he's a human being. Like, like he reiterated where he was talking about people think that he's an asshole and he's not going to change their mind. He's still a human being, you know?
1: Well, well, this will be the last thing I, I say about this, but just as a good story to tell, Bruce Pritchard once talked about how when Rikishi was the Sultan and they were going to fire him. So on the day that they're going to fire him, Alpha goes in with Rikishi and Rosie and Jamal, and instead of firing him, he not only re-signs him, but he brings on the other two as well. Like, sometimes that sort of thing happens where, you know, he's got a relationship with him.
2: I, I just see it as, like, the the way that you described it, again, I know Vince is very charismatic, but it all just sounds like a big fucking excuse. So it's like, yeah, we'll just get rid of people. Oh, but he I also
1: that- said, I, I have a great dad. Detection when I'm sitting across from somebody To know if you're buying my bullshit Oh that like he was started real... the interview with that.
0: Yeah uh, There's a couple things that are like that Where I was just like This does not compute You know <laughs> Like What's that because,
2: like I don't trust anything that he says Because he's a crazy billionaire Like how could I trust anything that a crazy billionaire Says it's just Yeah You, you all I can't buy into the bullshit Of like oh yeah, we have to make tough decisions, we have to listen to shareholders. Shareholders don't care where you save money. Just, you can find, if you're finding other ways of saving money, like, let's say you want to sell off um, old things you've got in storage and stuff like that that you don't use anymore, or anything like that, they don't care where the money you're getting is coming from, but you're choosing to, okay, the easiest thing we can do is get rid of people in a case of, okay, maybe it's a case of, it's better than them hoarding talent and letting them go somewhere else. But in cases of like, use Hachiman as an example, he uprooted his entire life to come to WWE, moved from Japan to go into everything. He was there for about a year. His entire life has just
1: uh-huh.
2: completely been switched around just because he was told one thing and then they decided a year later, yeah, that's not, doesn't work for us anymore. And he's got to try and figure his way back to Japan in the middle of a fun- fucking pandemic.
0: Right off of course, we know that whole story. He sells his house, he moves, and a week later, he's out of a job. Like,
2: yeah, it's just yeah. The, the, you have to think about these people as they, their their lives completely changed. Yeah, as people, like like he's a person, but he's a very rich person that, and he knows that he'll never be fired from the job that he's in. He knows that he's got ultimate job security, so he can't put himself in the mindset of these people losing their jobs because he's n- he's never had to even when he was like a kid and all growing up and stuff like that like when did he join the WWF like in his 20s when he moved into um like being under his father and w- working in the uh, WWF at the time and then took it over from him he basically said i know i saw one of the notes from the um, interview of him saying that uh, if his father knew what he was planning on doing with WWF when he bought it he would never have sold it to him
1: oh yeah he was open about that too it's yeah. it's amazing he also told a story about uh, second hand from Jim Ross about yeah. the old promoters uh, threatening to kill him, and like mm. I know this guy, who knows this guy.
2: Like, I think I think Vince recognizes he's an out, he's an
0: asshole. He flat out admits it in this. He's, yeah, you know. yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but I don't know. Does the fact that he owns it make him more? Should should we be more likable? It's like, ah, oh, Vince, uh, that type of thing, <laughs> or should we just go? Yeah, you're a fucking asshole, dude. It's like. Well, I don't wanna know like any other examples, just like oh, if I um I don't know I don't wanna put him in the same sort of brackets other people like that, but it's like I'm not gonna feel um more akin to an axe murderer if he cracks a few jokes at me <laughs> when during an interview with him. It's like I'm not to obviously at that level, but it's just like he's still Doing that. Like it doesn't it does yeah, it doesn't make me feel more um like attached to him will feel like oh i can see where you're coming from i just feel like no you're just owning the fact that you're a dick and that's again some people may like that more but like that doesn't fly with me
0: well here's some things that made me just go you've got to be fucking kidding me uh i listen well if you have smart people around them you listen to them Uh, i'm always concerned about what's best for the audience it's always just what does the audience want I don't know. No. I'm like, wait, fucking what? Common oh. sense is what it all comes down to. All this kind of stuff about that, where it's like.
1: So I looked at that like this. He's not talking because he does genuinely bring up the social media aspect of it and why he doesn't even look at anything in that realm. Yeah, I he says
0: a portion of the internet audience can be relatively harsh and biased, so he doesn't listen to that. But you can tell when something is working or not for your audience.
1: Like well, it's, no, it's you like, can't. <laughs> it, well, it's like the Happy Corbin thing, and I've heard not. I've heard other people that work there say this. If you heard the reactions that he gets on live events, you'd understand why they keep using this guy. Where What's- I. I don't think that he looks at the everyday stuff that, you know, like you I might. I think he's looking at, well, when I'm at the live show, I know they're reacting to Corbin.
0: But then they pump in the audience noise. <laughs>
2: well, it's, it's, what's different about that as well? It's a case of like, oh, I list, I, we're always listening to the audience, but I don't listen to social media like how much of your audience is on fucking social media all the time they need to stop acting
0: like this is you know the small social media bubble it's not like it's when you know the the simpsons forums in 1990 on the internet where everything's just that green text on the screen kind of thing this is like every person has some sort of internet presence unless it's you know obviously you're in an area that doesn't have it or something but like it's not the I, same, you know?
2: I, I put it this way. I, everyone kind of thinks that AEW's audience are a big, like, hardcore wrestling audience. Like, they know everything about what's happening in Impact, Ring of On. No, we'll talk about that, and stuff like that, and New Japan, and all this other stuff. Like, they're super inconnected with all the wrestling world, WWE, they know all that stuff. And their audience is, like, two-thirds the size of what WWE's is. It's like, well, you, you can't tell me that that, in, that additional... 600,000 that watch WWE are all the casuals. They're all people that are just, like, tuning in and out, just say, oh, I wonder what's just happening in WWE and not following anything on social media or anything on those lines or not following them on Twitter or checking out Facebook updates or anything on those lines. I think he – I guess when he's saying, like, he's not listening to a certain portion, I presume he means he's not listening to the people who – not so much don't, like, criticise the product – but presumably, the loud people with a good following, like, well, for say, for argument's sake, say someone like Dave Meltzer or Sean Ross Tapp or something like that, that is in the wrestling bubble and has a a, a big following behind them, and if they criticise WWE, then everyone else would like hit on that as well. So I guess he doesn't listen to the people who have big voices on social media that criticise the company.
0: It doesn't seem like they listen to any of that stuff, though, because it's like well, if he you listen to
2: anybody, he listens to himself. But, you know, that's like he, I get. That, but they have always said that they listen to the audience, but he thinks he knows what the audience wants.
0: Well, they even well, they touched on that. Too, yeah. But it's also the type of thing where it's like he says, you know, I don't like negatives. I don't want to focus on negatives. You only focus on the positives. And that's. To an extent, that's the way that you should live your life if you want to do a lot of things and go forward and whatever. But it's also incredibly stupid in some ways, because it's like, you have to listen to constructive criticism. If I only listen to only the positives when it comes to the podcasts and the articles and stuff that I do, I would never grow or learn. And it you know, little things and big things. Like, I put out at the end of every year a fa- uh, feedback survey of like, tell me what's good and what's bad. Cause I want to know both. I want to know if somebody's like, yeah, you know what? I really don't like the, um, the rest hold that we used to do. And it's like, okay, you know what? Yeah. Let's get rid of that. Let's change it. Let's do whatever. Instead of just going "Oh, but that doesn't matter. It's only the things that people go, well, this is great. There's, you can't just take the positives. You got to take the negatives. So it seems like it's the ter- the type of scenario we got confirmation almost of like if you criticize WWE, your opinion doesn't matter. But if you like something, then we're gonna go see it's working. And I'm really curious. He says they have a focus group every night.
1: He's talking about the audience, Tony.
0: I know, but it's like you're looking at them as a focus group, but you're pumping in noise because they're not making that reaction that you want isn't that blatantly obvious because like i know if i just go on twitter for instance if we keep the social media stuff out there and i look at almost any post that wwe puts up and i look under the responses if it's something good it's good if it's bad it's bad it's as simple as that so if you have like I don't know, say... Uh, what's something that's really good that happened recently? Um, I, f- I hate, that I'm, hard, like, yeah. Yeah, I hate <laughs> that I'm like... Yeah, I hate that I'm blanking on that, but it's like...
1: Um, people pop for Brock. Like, with Brock with cowboy hat and with, with the
0: kid and all that. Like, Yeah, let's like go with that even. like, Just Brock comes out with a cowboy hat, he looks like he's having a good time, and people are like, LOL, this is funny. The responses are hey, Brock looks great. Oh, this is funny. Brock's the best that he's been in a long time. And then that's like, okay, cool. Yeah, if you got a couple people that are like, this is stupid, and there's like two out of every 40 posts or something that are like that, then yeah, sure. But if you click under like, I don't know, uh, the Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair thing, and you see, oh, not this shit again. Oh my God, fuck this. I don't care about this, whatever. And it's every comment. Come on, you gotta pay attention to it if you have a focus group every night and that's how you look at it in that kind of way. And then you don't listen to the focus group. It's not a focus group.
1: But like, I think of it more like Vince is out of touch. Like he doesn't see the importance of social media and how it's become the majority. But I also think that there is a definite distinction between the live crowd and the overwhelming social media crowd the best example i will always use is matt riddle because everybody loves matt riddle but if you ask the internet audience it's ah screw that guy he did a bad thing you know what i mean like it is different in that way you can get to in the bubble and i think that there is a middle ground so while vince definitely doesn't have the middle ground too far in the uh, live crowds the only thing that matters pal you know you had the covid era where you didn't even have that so right what was your excuse
0: exactly then you can't have that focus group every night because it's literally a screen where you're telling the people we want you to look like you're happy for this person and we want you to look like you're booing that person
2: Oh, not cue cards to directors that's uh-huh. like that, say you cheer or you clap or do that sort of thing. Like that's that's actually controlling your audience and then kicking off people that wouldn't follow your instructions. That's the and that's why I can't buy, buy into any shit that he says but say like, Oh yeah, we listen to our audience and we're always listening. Like you you're not. You're deliberately you're deliberately counteracting your audience in multiple opportunities. Selective I frankly, hearing. Well, well, frankly, to be fair, at this point, it will get to a point where he is listening to his audience because he will have run off everybody that does criticize the product because they'll just go, oh, fuck it, he's never going to change, and then just move on.
0: It'll just be listening to the only people that are there which are the only, like, in that Yes Man kind of group.
2: Yeah, the sheep. The sheep people that will will defend every single thing that WWE ever does, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. It's just like, oh, yeah, this is so much fun. Like The people that... The ridiculous number of people that, that saying the Corey and Carmela show is great. It's like it's like those people, they they'll never leave and they'll never uh, criticize.
0: Like uh, somebody that's like, you know, my mom thinks I'm handsome. <laughs> <Okay>. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so that was like that the interesting stuff here. Um, I, I wrote a note that I thought was funny when he's like, you know, every night it's different with the the live crowd and you know you you can see that. Uh, the energy goes up as soon as the show is about to start. Michael Cole, and then Vince goes, horrible human being. Fucking
1: horrible human being. <laughs> the worst.
0: I thought that was great. He's just like a terrible human being, whatever. And he's like, oh, I like the guy. And he's like, "What's well, your opinion. <laughs> like, I, I like that kind of thing where it's like, okay. So clearly he, I mean, we know by now after having him for 20-something years or whatever, no, more than that, 25 years or whatever it might have been, that like, clearly he has a good relationship with Michael Cole. To the point where he's just kind of like, yeah, piece of shit, I fucking hate him, <laughs> like, ball-busting friend kind of thing. Um
1: Let's talk about Stupendous. Yeah. Is this tickled the fuck out of me, because he's like, I, I love it. Because- I love
0: branding, he started it off with, which was like, we get it, I get it, I fucking, look at the shit that I do. It's A like,
1: tree, I mean, everything you do is branded to
0: a t if i don't have a branding name of something i probably don't do it you know it's like well i want to make up an editorial we're gonna call it creative license and then you know like that i fucking love branding too so i get it but (laughs) stupendous is rationalization was it's a word that's not used often what the hell is stupendous lots of people have to look it up (laughs) that's
2: the
1: best (laughs) Well, that that explains why fucking Mad Cat Moss is a thing. That's the best. Uh. Like, that's what I'm saying. When you say, you know, why is it stupendous? He's literally telling you, because it's fucking stupid. <laughs> like, you got to look it up. It's stupendous. You think it sounds big, but it's actually, you don't really hear the word. I think that's more of an insight to the way his mind works than anything else. And you can't be mad at that.
0: That's, that's what's stupendous.
2: stupendous. <laughs> yeah, Can we talk about talk about this thing again. I'm going for a note so I don't know the full context of the things as well. This uh, discussion about how he respects uh, co-workers more than his family. It sounded like he looks. At, we have to look at family members like other employees, and said there are some employees that he kind of respects even more than the family members he's worked with.
1: Was that in the succession portion of this? Imagine when I was writing up, uh, which didn't end up happening. Vince well, for, says he's going to wrestle.
2: From the notes, like the abri- abridged version that I've read and stuff like that, said that he probably it, it says at one point he starts talking about how he expected more out of his family, then can see that it's probably not the right thing to talk about. Mm. Like, so he starts talking about. I assume that is just a veiled shot at Jane and oh, Hunter trips. as well, and oh. Hunter as well, yeah. <laughs>
0: Like
1: maybe his wife, who the fuck knows? You know, he did refer to her
0: as my wife at the time. My wife. Yeah, no, that was
1: weird.
2: I mean, his head—he just thinks that he's married to other people at different points. So
0: maybe (laughs) this couple years, he was married to Stacy, and a couple things. Yeah, that's um, that's an interesting tidbit. Yeah, Mm. um. Of course, he did a a lot of things. Like he still thinks WWE is this larger-than-life spectacle that suits everything that anybody could ever look for and all that. Because we've said that for decades, it's always you know WWE is this and this, and we're we're vaudeville and the circus, and we're this and we're movies, and yeah, he always looks at it like that. So that his philosophy hasn't changed. That's you know.
2: So he talks a bit about um, how uh, he developed an ego after WrestleMania four or five.
1: That's that's a good one. I enjoyed that quote a lot. He said he lost it for about six months, which means probably right around the time where the Hogan stuff was fizzling out. Because you talked about you know sound sweetening. They've been doing that for decades. They were doing that in the Hogan era, where it was like, oh, empty seat. We gotta you know Photoshop this, or hey, let's pump up the noise for Hogan's entrance. Even if the place is going crazy, we're gonna make it sound extra crazy because that's the way he works and let's be honest WrestleMania five they would not see those numbers again until WrestleMania 15 so like yeah his ego probably did shit the bed after that
0: and then yeah. he's got uh some other little thing he mentions about creative burnout and he says and this was obviously like okay it's more confirmation he said if you're concentrating on one thing at the moment and he kind of he kept hitting uh hitting on that of like yeah we know it's brock and roman (laughs) that's the one thing you're concentrating on we we've been saying this for years you get one idea and that's i don't know i as somebody who fashions themselves at least somewhat of a creative person i am very much not in that i can only focus on one thing at a time and that's the only thing that's
1: what he said but But right said you can't focus on one thing at a time but then it's like
0: i like you can't do that and then say okay well this is a one match card because it's like well clearly you're only focusing on one thing like you mean it, I can't buy into this idea of like you can't focus on one thing at a time and you have to look at everything else and then go okay so what's your plan for the women's tag team division and then they go yeah well we haven't had a plan a for division. 5 years <laughs> right like that kind of thing division. and it's like no okay well it's one t- thing if you don't know what's happening for this week which he also said you know you got to look at every single thing as it, in particular show and it's like You know, it's this contradictory kind of philosophy of, you know, it's all for the fans, but we don't listen to the fans. We listen to them every night, but only the ones that say the good things. And then, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's very wishy-washy.
2: Talk about Saudi Arabia.
0: So the good moment too. That I actually think though was one of his better lines. Yeah. What else can he say? People are people, cultures are cultures, and you have to respect that. I was like... Yeah, I mean, I disagree with some things that, yeah, any particular culture and stuff, obviously, but that was a very diplomatic way of saying that.
2: Okay, so the issue that I have with it, again, and it's the issue that I've always had with the Saudi Arabia thing is like, well, let's just talk about something that is a new story, but it's been kind of hidden away. WWE have taken, uh, have removed the WWE network and cut off their partnership with Russia following the invasion of Ukraine. Um, and yet they'll still eat handily. Take money from a culture that has, well, does the things that it does. Let's say, yeah.
1: Well We're not directly going to war with them yet, pal.
2: Yeah, no, no. no but it's just a case of where do you draw the line? Hmm. Essentially, you you draw the line in the fact that, like, oh, they're not doing something terrible right now. <laughs> so, so we can take their money, and then as soon as they do do something horrible, that's when we take the money out. It's like it doesn't really hold you too much as having too much of a strong moral compass. But then again, I don't think he'd ever admit to the company having that either. But it, yeah, it just feels like as long as we do this thing where this big national incident is happening, like international incident is happening in Russia, and we and we say we're doing this, then you'll forget about what we're doing, what we've been doing in Saudi Arabia for the past three or four years or so. Like so he's very good at um not evading questions but coming up with Oh he's a great spin answers. doctor. He's yeah.
1: he's the spin doctor. You know? It's quite honestly, it's amazing that he sat there for two hours and even gave you any insight to his brain whether or not ninety percent of it is bullshit, you know, that he would bother to do it is amazing to me. It it does always
2: sur- surprise me after like listening to either watching or listening to bits and pieces or clips of this that he didn't actually seriously consider running for office. He like, quietly did. I'm surprised he didn't go further. Didn't go further in it then because
1: maybe he watched it, his wife it said, fail.
2: Yeah. Well, listen. If Trump can become president, then I'm pretty sure Vincent Mann could. I know he watched <laughs> his wife fail, but his wife's got the charisma of a wooden spoon.
1: <laughs> 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 So like you know, his wife at the
0: time, at the very least. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> there is this idea that he genuinely believes he's the everyman, and he talked about growing up, you know, in a trailer, and like, oh no, I'm actually Steve Austin. It's just easy right. for me to play the character of Mr. McMahon because people believe that I'm an asshole. Like that's that's crazy. a very good reason, though. There, there's no way that he hasn't let the way he's lived his life become who he is but I also believe he thinks he's every like he's just I am who I am why would anybody ever think of me as anything other than Vince I'm not Mr. McMahon I'm just Vince I genuinely think he believes that
0: I really liked a quick side note thing um Pat McAfee acknowledged the whole like oh you don't like it when people thank you and whatever and then he thanked him a bunch of times I'm like okay oh, good I was
1: <laughs> almost convinced oh my god they're gonna feud going into wrestlemania about being thanked Pat wouldn't stop thanking <laughs> <laughs> and that might be what they do because they did they did say pat's wrestling yeah so say, that was Oof.
0: of course a part of that it's i'd like to offer you a match at wrestlemania which is like again we've talked about this so i don't want to just go down the same path and reiterate the same points a thousand times but it's like god damn it this wrestlemania is very much just here's the hook who fucking cares and i hate that this is just like you know pat mcafee's got a match don't you care and it's like who's he fucking fighting and what's the feud and why do i like damn it i hate that i hate that it's just like logan paul's here okay and it's like fuck i don't care about the him against mysterios why should i oh because it's logan paul i don't fucking care about logan paul you got well, Kim Kardashian could be in the hallway right now. I'm not going to open up the goddamn door. I don't give a shit. You know, like
1: I think they are going backwards to like the first WrestleMania where it's just like you care about this because it's a spectacle. But I also saw a lot of people. This is right after they announced uh, Madcap Moss, not Madcap uh, Corbin and McIntyre Oof. at Mania. Just like, by the way, oh, by the way, this is happening on Saturday, and. And people were like, there's no reason this needs to be four, it needs to be two nights. And I really feel like, yeah, this is a time where you can condition the audience that maybe it's like a three hour show or four hour show at best. And they're really just stretching it out because like A&E, like Peacock, people are just so thirsty for content. And they're like, we'll find a way to get two nights out of this shit instead of putting on a good show
0: and like we've talked about before and we'll talk about down the line if the three of us can sit down with no game plan whatsoever and we can figure out a two-night card for wrestlemania with limited options and without having all these other things and we can do it within like 30 minutes they can figure out better wrestlemania cards but instead they just don't fucking care and vince says you have to look at the big picture and the little picture constantly i don't see a lot of positives on both sides you know you can't say that he goes under like the start of Monday Night Raw and then at the end of Monday Night Raw every week and he's like yep we put on a great show unless he's just being delusional about it because most people don't agree he does say uh, he thrives on confrontation we know that Uh, his philosophy though and this was pretty interesting if you live through the beating you win
1: yeah and he talked about which Cal knows a lot about this from the interviews he's done in 01, he talked about being abused, you know, as a child, making it through that. And if you can survive it, you win. And I think he's such a fascinating case study of, like, just child who was abused, you know, becomes this billionaire guy, and now he has to live with the duality of that because i'm sure a lot of that still lives in the back of his mind but he's also lived the life of vince mcmahon he talked about threatening his college professors to making him pass just finding out where they live and you know like no no you're gonna pass me because i i have nothing to live for so we're gonna you're gonna pass me or you can throw me in jail it doesn't matter i have nothing to live for <laughs>
2: Oh, uh, he, he he does see himself as the hero. I think he he does see himself as a as I think noted earlier, like the everyman, like who's right, risen up from the ashes to. He basically he, he sees himself as an archetype to what you can achieve. Yeah, you work hard enough and try hard enough. When realistically, he's just a bit of an arsehole. Stephanie yeah,
1: McMahon <laughs> once compared nine eleven to her father being. Taken on by the by the government, you know. It's like they love that story because Mm. that is the one instance where you can go, Vince was picked on just for being Vince, and that was wrong. But they're making a Netflix movie about it. That's why they're doing (laughs) all that shit. And it's
2: it's always the him against the world mentality. And. That's part of the thing. Like he talks about how he likes confrontation and all this other stuff, and he likes the competition element of things, even though he won't really acknowledge the competition as competition.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Pat tried to get him to talk about AEW, and he didn't even bite. That's yeah, yeah. he's I like competition. Well, I mean, he did say I like competition, so maybe he does like the idea that something new is coming up. I could see him being very bored for the last decade.
2: I don't think he sees AEW as a competition, because then he mentioned a part of it that, like, he doesn't like the term professional wrestling. Well, or We knew he didn't like the term professional wrestling, but he sees, um, like, he said there's always been wrestling, but, um, so he wanted to be something different, and that's where the whole sports entertainment aspect comes into it.
1: Well, so I it's... like that he just admitted that he's like, it doesn't mean anything. He's mm-hmm. just like, it's what I came up with to differentiate it in branding, again, going back to the branding, because he admits, hey, look, we are wrestling. There's always wrestling. There's always going to be wrestling. But you're a superstar, and that sounds better. You know? And Hard to argue that from a branding perspective.
0: And yeah, obviously with the branding stuff, that's another whole, like, well, I do like the branding. But um, another thing that he mentioned is that he is going to be inducting The Undertaker. And that yeah, that's which. going to be one of the hardest things the whole have ever done. Which is pretty interesting.
2: Well, speaking for thirty minutes, twenty minutes before. <laughs> straight away, uh, well, we, to be fair, his voice held pretty strong during the whole interview, so maybe that'll be fine. But yeah, we—I well, think we—we we all suggested that Vince was one of the main options. Mm-hmm. It's so it'd be him and Austin that have been the two people that have been inducted by Vince, and I think that makes the most sense. I think it will be the two people most heavily tied to him, based on what Austin and Vince having their long rivalry and the Undertaker being his longest employee, essentially.
0: And somebody that he obviously holds in high esteem for, you know, many different reasons and over decades. And, I mean, decades.
1: He, and he never hesitates to say, I didn't have to ask Haker if he was going, you know, and never had to worry about him.
0: So any I other notes, to... uh, beyond that for this Vince interview?
1: um, he said "fuck" a lot, which popped me because, like, <laughs> <laughs> like it is—you you don't think you're going to hear Vince McMahon say "fuck" that much, and he was just letting everything fly. Like, he he did as much as he could with some of the tougher questions. You know, he addressed—you know—never worrying about being cool. Like he said, somebody brought up the Alistair Black thing, and he's like, "Yeah, well." I've never been cool. I don't give a shit about that. You listen to people and you try to give them as much creative ability as possible because it makes them more invested, which we've seen through the years that he is willing to work with some people. I'm willing to bet that for as good as taking the company public is, there's probably a lot of him that misses it, not being a team of 25 writers. Cause he knows he doesn't need 25 writers. Cause he's going to uh, veto what they say anyway.
0: Any other notes on your end, uh, well, No. Um, yeah, so I, I mean, you, you I mean, had you the notes, but it. yeah. Yeah,
2: I had, yeah, I had a list of notes, but like, um, I'm, I'm good. I think we can, we can wrap up on that one.
0: So then that's of course, major story for this week. But on top of that, it's <laughs> not to be outdone at the very least, you could say Tony Khan, uh, says what his big announcement is. And it turns out to be one of the things that we were suggesting was a possibility of, yeah, I, uh, I'm going to start off the show, and this is such a difference between the two of them, too. In WWE, not to just like, you know, shit on WWE, because obviously there's things WWE does that's amazing. There's things that AEW does that's not all that great. But I could imagine this being a scenario where they just go, oh, uh, all he did was do this. Whereas, like, WWE will make a big spectacle out of, it. did you see that? Like, um, He's like a popular celebrity right now. Like, uh, like, did you see Dua Lipa retweeted, uh, Sasha Banks thing? Ah, let's spend five minutes talking about that kind of thing, you know, but it's as simple as can be. Tony Khan's like, I'm going to start off the show. Hey, um, you know, 20 years ago, there was this place called ring of honor and they were pretty cool. I bought them. All right, let's go to wrestling. (laughs) I was like, fuck. yeah." Yeah. Like not only is that so refreshing to just have it be like, as I mean, he it might have been a minute long, maybe two minutes or something, and he's just sort of like, "I'm excited. I bought ROH. How fucking cool is that? We got a good show for you guys." <laughs> and like my urge to merge, you know, got a little scratch on it.
2: <laughs> I I I love his excitement because he is. Let me put it this way: he's not the most charismatic guy about it but i think that's almost endearing because he's out there like the way that's been described that he's like a a mr bean on crack (laughs) and it's like (laughs) like when he makes the announcement he turns his head from right to left like he's on the muppet show and it's just like so great (laughs) and it's just and like yeah he's just he is a wrestling fan who's so excited that he's just bought another wrestling company he's like it's almost like like I know, he's a kid, seven-year-old kid who said that uh, he's, his mom said that they could get both Buzz Lightyear and Woody
0: action figures. <laughs> 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 I love that he's like, there's no Shane, it's only me! <laughs> that was so good. Yeah, that yeah. was a great line.
1: Now there's no Shane, he's not here!
0: <laughs> Especially because we know that there's like all those rumors that Shane McMahon could potentially be coming to AEW, which is like, I, I haven't put a whole lot of faith in that, but, yeah.
2: So, so- We have to dive into this a little bit because it's not what some people will expect it to be. The fact of the matter is Ring of Honor, he's bought Ring of Honor, but Ring of Honor now is essentially a brand name and a tape library. They have virtually nobody under contract. All of their wrestlers left between, pretty much all of their wrestlers, should I say, there are still some people that are still hanging around until the um, end of March, but... All pretty much the vast majority of the people they had signed at the time of their final show was um, have been let go. They're, some of them have now moved on. They've signed with Impact Wrestling. Some of them have gone are still on the independent circuit and could be brought in. They had those uh, the talks going around that all news going around that uh, Jonathan Gresham was backstage at a couple of shows as well. And so, at the moment, Ring of Honor is just. a a brand that they can use. We have no idea at this point what it really entails in terms of are they still under syndication with Sinclair Broadcasting? Would they need to... function?
1: But they're taping in April.
2: Yeah. So they are are taping shows, and they are doing Supercard of Honor, which is their first show back. It's already got um, a number of matches laid out. You've got uh, uh, Jonathan Gresham defending his interim... Ring of Honor championship against the official Ring of Honor world champion Bandito in a unification match. Um, they've got a few other things listed as well. They've said that the both the tag champions would defend. Uh, Donna Perazzo would defend the Ring of Honor world w- w- women's world title, which is funny because she's an Impact contracted performer wrestling on a Ring of Honor show, which is now owned right. by AEW. <laughs> so there's like all of this crossover happening, and. Yeah, it's a really exciting thing because Ring of Honor is kind of the forebearer to AEW. A lot of their talent comes made their names in Ring of Honor. A lot of well, a lot of WWE's talent made their names in Ring of Honor as well. But it also means that now finally they have the all in footage. They can use all in now. Because it mm-hmm. was previously owned by Ring of Honor, because Ring of Honor paid for the show. I like the way that someone summarised it on Twitter when they said, um, Uh, Ring of Honor uh, produced and funded All In. All In formed the groundwork for AEW. Uh, AEW AEW killed Ring of Honor. AEW killed Ring of Honor and bought it, essentially. Well, I, I, I don't think it killed Ring of Honor. The pandemic killed Ring of Honor. That's probably the most accurate statement because they were a good company, didn't run shows but continued to pay their workers and essentially bit the dust because of it. But also like the other references online about saying how uh, Triple H spent a decade plucking the top stars from Ring of Honor to help build NXT up. In three years, Tony Khan built up AEW, killed NXT and then bought, bought <laughs> Ring of Honor. As well. just like, God, it goes from, like from worse to worse. You never know when rock bombs going to hit for Triple H at this point.
0: Oh, Somebody just got fired this week. That was like one of his crew or something. I forget exactly, yeah, exactly. who, but like one of the executives, of course, which is, I mean, at this point, is there anybody left that's on the Triple H regime? It doesn't yeah. seem like it. You'll
2: you you know when he's hit Rob on uh ground, Shawn Michaels uh, super kicks him out the door. That's <laughs> kind of, that'll be it, really. But um, yeah, but it's an exciting announcement, but we don't know the particulars of it yet. Yeah. So, there's a lot they could do with it. I don't think that he would make the announcement on TV if he's just planning on saying, hey, I'm Ring of Honor now. We've got this great tape library and we've got all in now and now we're just going to shut the company.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, here's where I'm kind of looking at this because right before this happened, the news came out that HBO Max has some adjustments that they're doing. And, you know, of course, they're heading Because every streaming service, like we've said this before with Peacock, if you have a streaming platform and you don't have live content, you need to get it. It's just not a negotiable thing anymore. Uh, If you want to be sustainable in the future, you need the ability to be able to broadcast something live like you would with cable and the ability to have on-demand content just the same as any other kind of service would have. So HBO max eventually is going to have that and they're going to have their tie-ins with the horse you know, the Warner side of things has things with Turner and with AEW by proxy and, you know, TNT and TBS and, and blah, 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 blah. It's all this weird amalgamation. It's all, you know, urge to merge kind of content. But the thing that I'm assuming, under no real basis of knowing anything, of course, put that out there for anybody with a grain of salt, I think Ring of Honor content will go up on HBO Max. I think that if they can get this all sorted out well enough where they can have the uh, the live streaming capabilities or something, then maybe Ring of Honor ends up being like some specialty shows here and there, maybe the TV taping things or something, and then it's being on there. But Bleacher Report Live is a part of this. Maybe that gets factored in. I don't know. I'm imagining Ring of Honor doesn't necessarily go away but that it's not necessarily its own company kind of because Tony Khan can't focus on building AEW and also be the guy that focuses on a whole other wrestling company. He just can't. So either he hands it off to somebody that he trusts and he's just the owner and they can kind of do some sort of proxy thing.
1: But why can't it be a developmental territory or something?
0: That's what I I think it's going to go in. Like I think Ring of Honor is going to be a subsidiary of AEW that doesn't treat itself like a full company.
2: I think that's. I think there there is scope for that to happen, but I I would like to see it still maintain some. I'd don't say independence, but some like status as its own organization because it's a good testing ground for innovations as well they can do some cool stuff there they can obviously the the biggest benefit is they've got all these wrestlers that don't get enough time on tv hey let's move them over to ring of honor and then they can have a runners ring of honor world champion or tag champions or something along those lines and that builds up their credibility and it means that if you don't if you aren't uh, getting you, the people that you want to see as regularly as you want them on dynamite or rampage Go to Ring of Honor, and you can watch them there as well. And then that would be great. But then you can also bring in independent wrestlers into there as well. That may not be super keen about the idea of completely committing to AEW or WWE or any like one full promotion that says like, okay, now you're contracted to us. But would like to work on, t- well, obviously work on TV and be part of a a promotion that has some reputation or esteem behind it. Like cool, I want to work for Ring of Honor. It's like, you, yeah, you you're you're still owned by Tony Khan and still like a, a a sister company to AEW. But yeah, you get to, but you you can kind of feel like it's a little bit outside of that bracket because we already t- already mentioned how with Ring of Honor coming back, their seeming business model before this announcement was made would be they're just going to cycle in wrestlers not going to have anybody under contract anymore. It would just be like a enhanced PWG or GCW or something like that, where basically nobody's under contract.
0: But Is that how it worked for – it didn't work like that for Evolve, did it?
1: Okay, mm. so they were under contract, but they were also basically just doing one show a month, hmm. Yeah, two shows a month.
0: Because well, remember, I, I mean, it's, Evolve, it, it's Brian Danielson's the guy behind that. And Gabe Sapolsky, of course, doesn't have anything going on right now well, with Triple H. And,
2: in, in real terms, there's only a handful of wrestling companies that keep people under contract. That's WWE, obviously, AEW, Ring of Honor, used to, New Japan, uh, MLW, impact, so it's the, MLW, and Impact. Well, that's to true, a degree, right? ML, yeah. So it's just mainly those four or five
1: companies. Yeah. yeah.
2: GCW has one wrestler under contract, that's Nick Gage. And, you know,
1: kudos to him. But, like, I
2: think... NWA, I
1: want. I, mean,
2: I want to see... I guess they do, yeah. The NWA will have a couple under contract.
1: Ah, do they, though? I, well, mean, I mean, like, should, any, should, any should, company... I is
2: under under contract.
0: Any company, I'm sure, has some people that are technically, like, employees and technically not. And some people that are just in the family, but they aren't necessarily... On the books no, in no, the same capacity. Most
2: independents aren't like that. Most independents are just you just bring some people in for one night. Obviously, you have employees that are like running the shows. Right, yeah. You don't but you don't but none of the wrestlers are under contract. Yeah. But yeah, I, I imagine that'll be a, a kind of way that Ring of Honor works. It'll be a way to cycle in and out AEW, super, AEW wrestlers that aren't uh, competing as regularly on dynamites and uh, rampage and give them a platform to work which is a bit more showy than dark or dark elevation and then also just bring in some of the top independent talent and have them come in see if they want to bring them into a full contract or not yeah it'll be a good uh i imagine it would be a good testing ground like that and also i can imagine the future where we're talking about maybe where we said things like oh are they actually gonna have Danielson and Punk feud or team together on TV, they could just say, hey, we're doing this big uh, Ring of Honor super show thing, and we're just going to give you as a one-off special Danielson versus Punk. Mm-hmm. Just have it as nice. So it doesn't have to impact what they're doing on AEW. That thing is just like, hey, it's just a big special show. Let's put these guys together. We can finally get maybe the Briscoes versus FTR that everyone's been That's looking for as well without yeah. having without having to hide the Briscoes to contracts if they don't necessarily want to do that i don't know why they wouldn't but i know there are certain factors about the briscoes that they may not want to be but the brought other to side like, of them might not yeah want yeah but, uh, but yeah you can still have them every now and again
0: it's a good way to kind of have your cake and eat it too where you know the benefits they go up the chain it's you know tony khan is owning that and he's got his ties with you know HBO Max, I'm sure down the line, and Warner and Turner and all these different kinds of things. So you can you can play around with the the toys in two different playgrounds kind of, and then you know Ring of Honor being its own separate entity in whatever capacity that that might be. You can do something on there like you said, FTR versus Briscoes, and it doesn't have to factor at all into Pinnacle on AEW, and you don't have to have it make sense if there is somebody fighting for a championship in ring of honor that has been losing an AEW on dark or, you know,
1: yeah, but I'm, I'm ready for this because we were promised, you know, 20 years ago, go back and listen to 2001 wrestling odyssey that oh they're going to keep WCW and it's going to be, you know, they're shopping around time slots and this, this and that. And we've also heard that there was at one point, The idea of Shane McMahon running ECW on his own as a take to see if he can take over WWE. And we never saw somebody, you know, own multiple promotions and run them. It was just sort of, hey, they bought their competition, their competition's dead now. You know, it's the one game in town. I want to see what Tony Khan can do with Ring of Honor.
2: Now, there is obviously... I, I think that when people say oh, uh, Tony Khan can't to run uh, uh, both Ring of Honor and AEW, probably don't recognize the fact that Tony, Tony Khan, Khan also runs, is a like, he, he runs a fucking soccer. Yeah, he runs a soccer team, and he's a big part of the Jacksonville Jaguars as well. Uh, yeah. As well. So it's like he, he, he juggles multiple hats already simultaneously. This is just another hat to add to the pile. But Ring of Honor is doing their Hall of Fame thing soon. That includes obviously people that are under the AEW banner, like Punk and Danielson. Also includes a guy called Samoa Joe,
1: mm-hmm.
2: who is a very, very strong wrestling mind, and has His had last job was scouting talent, yeah, mm-hmm. for WWE. So you've got William Regal out there, mm-hmm. another uh-huh. great, uh, another great wrestling. <laughs> We're all speaking mind. the same language. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Another great wrestling mind who has experience working in a creative and managerial capacity with uh, WWE. Got uh, Claudio Castagnoli out there as well who I assume would be able to be a good veteran to lean on.
1: And a trainer and you've got Hero Mm. who's out there and quite frankly you've got people who want to work with future wrestlers like a Scotty Tuhati that just left WWE. It's not like there isn't enough out there to make something new happen. They specifically got, said, we're starting new with a new logo, new branding, new everything. I think Ring of Honor is still going to be alive.
2: Yeah, I mean, think about all the veteran names they have in AEW that could, maybe not, obviously you could help in the AEW side of things, but also help with Ring of Honor, like Kazarian and Christopher Daniels. Yeah. Like Scorpio Sky is a veteran at this point, and he was obviously a big part of um, Ring of Honor for a period as well. The Jay yeah, Jay, Le- Jay. Yeah, that's exactly what you do, with Jay, <laughs> Jay Lethal. Put him back in Ring of Honor, but now you, you own him and you own the company as well. It's like that's the, even better. This is this is why they probably picked up the option on Brian Cage. Oh
1: yeah, guy. I didn't even think you know? about that. You know, would be a Ring yeah. of Honor guy
2: now. You got like. This is the reason why they've been stacking up their roster and everyone's been going like, what the fuck is he doing and in his back pocket? He had Ring of Honor in his back pocket, essentially. So it's like, oh, you think we've got too many people for one promotion? I agree. Here's a second promotion. Let's do this now and just move all the people over there. This is going to give people like, um, like just people that are in, that are kind of in AEW's undercard, like Bear Country and Varsity Blondes and The Acclaimed and people like that, that really could be, Position maybe slightly higher on AEW side of things but it's just kind of not their time at the moment they can go over there they could be the ring of honor tag team champions could uh, feature people like penelope ford or red velvet or layla hirsch over on uh, that side of things as well on the women's side of things you can make jay lethal your champion you could make oh, anyone pretty much your champion you could like this could be where darby allen gets his first world t- world title have MJF win his first world titles, Ring of Honor champion. Like, there's loads of, there's loads of possibilities they could do here. It's just given them another playground to put their ever expanding number of wrestlers. And the fact of the matter is, with AEW's um, TV deal will come up in twenty twenty four, twenty five, I think, one of those two years, and they're going to make e- so much more money from the next TV deal they get right. because they're already, I think, they're making $40 a year from their current TV deal. And WWE are expecting to make even more from their next TV deal despite uh, prices going down or or viewership going down, their ratings going down. For a company whose viewership is staying steady year on year or increasing year on year, you have to imagine that they're looking probably closer towards the three-figure mark. For right, well, at least somebody might be thinking about, hey, this company's getting ratings that are pretty close to WWE, and we probably could get them for half the price, that type of thing. So that means more money, more f- ways they can fund bringing more wrestlers, more ways they can fund both shows. Maybe they'll buy a third promotion by that point. Who knows? It's like that impact yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I don't Ooh. know how impact makes money anyway, so I don't know. Maybe that's just like that'll be the fire sale approach for that one as well. but but there's loads there's loads of possibilities and it's a really interesting announcement but it'll become more interesting as it unfolds what they're actually planning on doing with it
0: and it's going to be interesting to look at this in the perspective of wwe buys wcw and from what we've heard they were thinking about well we'll just make a wcw show and it'll be you know that kind of thing and then it ends up kind of just switching around and it's let's make Raw and SmackDown the two things. Ring of Honor can essentially be SmackDown to AEW's Dynamite. Now, Rampage is that secondary show, but it's not under the same kind of philosophy. I mean, we know that, like, it obviously he's not going to pattern this off of WWE, but some trends do kind of happen, and it could just kind of basically be like, all right, well, AEW Dark and Dark Elevation are essentially main event and level up, their equivalents we rampage is basically SmackDown right now. If you attack another hour onto it, then it just flat out is SmackDown as just a second show, but ring of honor could be that kind of what if with the whole, what if WWE decided that they really did want to keep things separate more? And what if they did try to book that WCW thing? Let's see what Tony Khan can do. If he has ring of honor as his WCW, if it works, then that's proof that it could have been done. If it doesn't work, then that's more of a discussion point of maybe WWE did the right thing, but I got a lot of faith that Tony Khan's going to pull it off. That's for sure. And if this would have happened under triple H and we could have gotten, you know, the black and gold brand of NXT and they buy ring of honor and they absorb evolve and that all works in that direction. I think that that could have been well, but under the current regime, hell no. Ring of Honor is right where it needs to be. So I'm excited about, you know, Tony Khan's got this kind of deal going on. We don't even know a lot of what this is going to play out to, but I guess I'm going to be watching some Ring of Honor, you know?
2: <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I'm looking for, I think we should, um, I mean, not all of us, but at least some of us should be reviewing that first Supercard of Honor show to see what they do with that.
1: Oh Absolutely. I mean, it's already packed into the busiest week of the year, so we should just watch it anyway. You know, and I think it's going to be really cool. And I'm a sucker for branding, so I'm excited to see what their new look could be like, what their new belts could be, you know what I mean? As we head into this new era, what is Ring of Honor going to be? I'm just glad that they're going to live and also kind of have new life in it through Tony Khan. And Tony Khan's living the dream, honestly. He started the number two company. He bought Ring of Honor. He's living the 2000s message board fan dream. Which is what he was. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so, outside of that, I mean, that seems like that's kind of the hot tags. If there's anything else yeah, you know, on the TV side that you guys want to talk about, we could do that. But nothing really standing out to me. Well, I mean, um, that
1: MJF promo.
0: Yeah, that MJF Punk thing. That's like...
2: Uh, uh, we already talked, already gushed about how great this uh, feud is, but like that's just, yep, just that's just how you do it. That's how you make. And they you gave really... you
1: the out because now you want to see Punk kill him, mm. and
2: just the just the visual of the amount of blood that Punk was uh, was shedding, and like that's what you gave away on TV. What, what fucking blood bar are you kind of gearing us up to on the actual show? Like, I can imagine MGF might lose half his blood in this one match, and I'm kind of down for it in a sick, twisted way.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, top flight is back. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, top
2: flight. Yeah. They like could be Ring of Honor Tag champions, maybe. absolutely. <laughs> <good>. <laughs> I'm just I'm just thinking about like, like AEW people holding Ring of Honor titles now. Maybe that's just going a bit too over the top. You know but- what we might have to do
0: a mock draft, draft. of sorts where we do yeah. like um oh. splitting You're- that if you did separate it as uh, the AEW and the Ring of Honor side, or we even maybe just do mock draft of ring of honor people over the years or something
2: tony i'm way ahead of you i've already started <laughs> yeah, all-time <laughs> the ring Man's of honor <laughs> draft board <laughs> all-time ring of honor draft board with some names that hopefully most of the names you'll recognize but there'll be probably be a few in there that uh sneak by you but that'll be between me and rob to
0: decide yeah that now maybe that could be coming up next week or the week after I don't know. It is is topical now. Yeah, it's it's, out of of nowhere. It's completely topical.
2: Ring of Honor for the first time since that MSG show in 2019 have become topical again.
0: (laughs) So uh, we got that in the pipeline. That's a possibility. Of course, we've got the potential of doing something based off of Austin if Austin comes back. We did the superstar scores, but we also could always do like a one more match or something. Obviously, that doesn't seem like it's as big of a deal uh, to just do another one of those. If we... No, the match is happening but um we also have a the potential of an attitude error mock draft we could just put that on hold and do the ring of honor thing another idea that a friend of mine suggested that we might do for next week or the week afterward is uh the first what if because we never i don't think we did what if before i think it might be the first but um trying to figure out what would the other main event be if wrestlemania were always two nights which i think is pretty cool uh discussion that we could get into So we got things that are just kind of, you know, left and right popping up all over the place here. And I'm excited to talk about those things way more than I had to say to talk about some of the week-to-week basis stuff in WWE at the very least. But the very next thing you're going to be hearing from us is going to be, of course, the AEW Revolution pay-per-view post show. So that is happening this Sunday. Make sure that you are checking out smartoutmoment.com and following us and subscribing to this and ringing that little notification bell to get those email alerts when we go live on the post show. And we will be running through the rest of the stuff, getting through whatever the main event is next week, talking about the hot tags and so on and so forth. So make sure that you are also following us on Facebook and Twitter at moment. And that you check out fanboysanonymous.com for things like uh, the Batman review that Caroline and I did last night. That was fun. And um, you know more to come on Fanboys Anonymous as well. So subscribe and like and follow and favorite and share and all that good stuff over on that blue brand. And follow me at Tony Mango on social media. And then uh, follow what these guys have going on as well. Rob? Yeah, you can
1: follow me everywhere at DudeFelice, of course. This weekend and every major wrestling weekend, you should be checking out fightful.com and Fightful Selects. Sean Ross Sapp does the best wrestling journalism possible in 2022. And he'll be in town for revolution. He'll be part of the media scrums. I'm sure there'll be a lot of Ring of Honor talk. I'm sure there'll be a lot of Cody talk. We didn't even think about where Cody fits into all that. Who knows? You know. It's just uh, all that, that's another whole wrestling. show. <laughs> yeah, it's just an exciting time in the world of wrestling. So follow along and follow me everywhere. And I now pass you over to Callum Higgins.
2: Yep, you can follow me on Twitter at Weekmeister 14 Check out everything that's going out on the uh, Small Cat Moment website. But go straight ahead. First, click onto the Power Rankings. Check that stuff out every single week on a Saturday. And see who's climbing high and see who's dropped off every single week complain about it in the comments. At least for the algorithm, that would be good. And uh and yeah, uh if you want to check out both two thousand one Wrestling Odyssey and the Paul Heyman's back down podcast, we can learn especially on the two thousand one side a little bit more in depth onto uh, Vincent Mann in one of his other more candid interviews, then uh check that out as well. It's all over there in the
0: uh moments archives. Heads up though, according to a billionaire, if you do complain in the comments, I won't listen to the negatives. <laughs>
1: you know where he will listen to you though if you comment the heel and face turn list <laughs> he will listen to you please keep commenting please keep telling him when people turn <laughs> heel i mean edge turned heel on raw it was such a busy week we didn't even mention that kick just styles in the dick as people do when they want to turn heel so bother tony with that because he loves it <laughs>
0: Well, I love that you guys were listening. So thank you for your support on this. Hopefully you enjoyed this edition of the hot tags and we will see you next time, everyone. But for now, this has been another smart out moment and we're being counted
1: out.